0: Light FM and Maybank brings you the latest news, the most compelling stories, and the real conversations. All live and exclusive on The Light Breakfast.
1: It's a live Breakfast with Asha and Non. It's day two of our social experiment, Vulnerable in the Dark, where we put two complete strangers together. Well, kind of together. We've actually separated them uh, on the internet. And we've switched off the video so they can't see each other to see whether or not they'll open up by answering some questions that we've seeded in there. And this morning, it's Jason and Susan. Not their real
2: names, of course. Okay, here's the first question. Not the job you're in right now. What would you much rather be doing right now?
3: Okay. Well, if financial weren't really something that I am looking to, I would probably be in theatre right now or maybe in an orchestra. Yeah. Cool. Which is very different from what I'm doing right now.
2: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Now it's your turn to ask my question. Alright,
3: let me just get a question. Okay, what was the worst thing you have stolen and why did you steal it?
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the worst thing I've stolen? Well this would be many, many years ago when I was in primary school. I guess the worst thing that I had stolen was somebody's uh comics. Archie comics.
3: Wow, okay. <laughs>
2: And uh what made it worse was uh, when that person found out that the comics was missing, I made a big fuss in fuss in the classroom uh instigating him to check everybody's um uh, backpacks except for mine.
3: Oh my goodness, did you get caught though?
2: no ah
3: <laughs> go big or go home if you have to search mine, you search everyone's <laughs> yeah.
2: um however i I suspect that he did somehow figure it out later on, but um. Yeah, that was one thing that I was not and am still not very happy about. Uh, that was the only, that was the one time I did that. Never have ever done it again.
3: Okay, wow. So it's low-key traumatizing, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you're
2: Okay. What is your deepest regret in life?
3: okay oh this is so good Mm. (laughs) usually I don't have much regrets in life I really enjoy life to the fullest but there was one thing which I really wish I have not done so a bit of context this dates back to 2021 yeah so I was in a relationship and you know when at the end of the relationship right When one person is putting less effort, they are showing signs of like a bit distance and all, you know, something is wrong. So I was very naive and I was like, no, no, we can sort this out and all. So eventually that led to me, I mean, led to him breaking up with me. Now, what happens is that? In we broke up in like December, early December of 2021. And then after Christmas, like two days after Christmas, which like December 27, he kind of like called me back and was saying, like, oh, I I made a mistake and stuff like that. So of course I was like, oh, you know, feelings are still there and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's let's just try to work on this and see what went wrong and things like that. So I did accept him back. And that was the biggest mistake I've ever made because what happened after that was he tried to improve but at the same time it's not really improvements because it was the one-sided thing It's like i'm putting in the effort and stuff and and then what do you call it after that a few months later so that happened in december 2021 now we are moving forward to 2022 around july 2022 a girl approached me you know like how the anxiety when a girl dms you like hey girlie you know your man he did something wrong and so when she approached me, she started spilling the deeds. She was like saying, Oh, I've been together with him since like um uh, six months plus ago, it's gonna be eleven months now, which was before we broke up. And then it led... That was the reason that led to the up. I did not know what was happening. And throughout December 2021 to June 2022, there was a lot of fights, a lot of in and outs, a lot of, like, um not talking to each other. It was very toxic at that point. And then when she came to me, it finally revealed. And I'm like, oh, goodness. So the whole time, it was actually him cheating on me behind my back and I blindly took him back after that and that's not the worst part after he cheated on me after I found out the whole thing I still took him back I had no idea why I did that but it was just plain dumb of me and looking back now I really really regretted that
2: I'm sorry you had to go through the experience may I share something my, my thoughts on this if yeah okay please go ahead well first of all I don't think um I think you were very brave and you were very you have a big heart to still accept this person who, frankly, I believe doesn't deserve you. So the experience is painful and uh, it's not something that anyone can easily forget. It's something that we carry with us till, till the day we die. But yeah, um, yeah. Um, give yourself time to heal, forgive yourself, believe that there is still good out there in the world and there's always that and um, don't. Wait or look out for the right person, but just let things happen naturally. Yeah, this is like yeah.
3: what I'm looking into right now. Yeah. And while we're at topic, since we're sharing things and all, might as well go big or go home, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like my motto in life, I don't know why. So, of course, me and that person, we're still talking. Let's name him A for some reason. Let's name him A. So, A has... A very close friend. Now, I'm in a dilemma because this, I believe, is going to be one of my biggest regrets soon. So, A has a best friend. Let's call A's best friend as B. Now, B recently got engaged to this girl. Let's put her as C. Okay, easy. So, B and C got engaged. And <clears throat> it's been, I think, like, less than two months from since their engagement. So, now, I know the, their history. They have a history of cheating. So, you know, it's just very heavy to know that you've been cheated on and you actually understand how another person feels. So after the engagement of B and C, uh, I found out from A that B is actually cheating on C quietly with his ex. And now recently, they're going to get married in less than like a month. And I know about the whole cheating story. I'm just so... I'm in a dilemma right now. Like, should I snitch on B and tell C the truth? But at the same time, I do not want to ruin relationships between me and A because A and B are absolute close friends. Mm. But if I do not tell C... I'm basically like, I have the power to help someone to like change her life in some way. Like whatever she does after she finds out with the details, that is on her. That's not on me. But I'm bearing such a huge, huge burden right now knowing this secret. Well, so yeah, what do you think about it?
2: I think um, you should not tell C anything. You should not confront B about it. But you should advise A, since A is very good friends with B perhaps you could advise A to tell B, because B listens to A, to tell B that what he's doing is not is not fair. I won't say it's right or wrong. It's not fair to C because they are engaged, number one, and they're going to enter into a lifelong commitment. So if B is not ready for this, then he needs to be honest with C and he has to decide whether he wants to call it off or continue living a lie. But my suggestion to you would be not to get involved because things will get very very nasty very quickly and you'll find yourself being at the receiving end
3: yeah i don't want to get myself like i'm just going to help a girl like i don't want to get myself involved in such drama and cause such tension between the friendships and stuff so yeah probably i actually thought of that now let's let's just hope a does his job (laughs) and be a good friend and advise his close friend yeah yeah all right so now is um, my y- question here for you? Yes. You want to add on to it just now?
2: No, no. Please continue.
3: All right. So what's the worst mental breakdown you've had and what caused it?
2: I have never had a mental breakdown because thank God I am <laughs> of a uh, stoic disposition.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, however, yes, um, I'm human and I am vulnerable. Um, it happened not often. Of course, when there is a death in the family... Yes. So, um, when my father passed away from illness, uh, that's one. But it is a natural process of grieving. So, I have to tell myself that because I'm the eldest in my family. So, I need to... I'm going to have to get my together, <laughs> you know, for the sake of the family. The second one was uh, when my my dog died. Is I mean, if you are a animal lover, you know how painful it is when someone that you really love and that you care for just passes away from... My, my dog, Benji, he died from uh, liver cancer. So that was very sad to see his body slowly waste away. But I, we had to... My wife and I had to put him to sleep before things got worse. So that was very emotionally traumatic for me. Took me a long time to accept that. And um, um, how many years has it been now? Seven. Seven years on, I still... Not a day goes by where I don't remember think about Benji, and uh, more recently is when uh, my wife was diagnosed with uh, stage two breast cancer in uh, two thousand fifteen. So that was that was life changing because it really forced me to uh, reassess my priorities and uh, reprioritize based on um, not what the world wants you to think is important but what really matters in life so um, unfortunately two years back she had a recurrence and it progressed to a stage four so uh, but thank God we she had a surgery um, late, in late December 2021 and uh, she's recovering by God's grace um, we're taking it day by day one step at a time some days are good some days are not very good but uh, we I don't have the, how do I say this, I don't have the freedom to break down. I have to, because I am her primary caregiver, basically. So I need to be there for her when it matters most. So my emotions don't take a back seat, but I have to deal with them separately because I do, I cannot break down in front of somebody who is already dealing with life-threatening disease. Hope that answers oh. your question.
3: Yeah, it does. <clears throat> wow. I'm so sorry to hear about your dog, that, and now your wife. And you're really strong because I completely understand that like, you have to be the pillar of strength to her. And wow, it's so heavy. But, you know, you are really, really strong for actually holding on and all.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it.
3: And also, like, one thing I really resonate with you a lot is your dog. I have dogs at home and... Recently, like, one of my dogs just passed away. I had no idea what was the cause of death. But, oh, looking at the body and, like, arranging for the cremation and stuff really was a big hit to me and I completely understand the pain. Yeah, You're really strong because you can't break down. That's the part where I was like, okay, this guy, he he really knows that he's strong and all. And the heaviness of you being the pillar strength and trying not to break... That takes a lot of mental effort and emotional effort as well. Yeah. Alright. <clears throat> okay. Can ask me a question now?
2: Sure. Oh dear. Here's another tough one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> What's the most hurtful thing anyone has ever said to you?
3: Oh my goodness. Okay, so this, <clears throat> this is a little... F- it's not really hurtful if you come off as a third person's point of view. But um, so a bit of context. I actually, I was living alone when I was 14 in Malacca. And my primary caretaker was a priest. And he was my godfather as well. One of the most loving person I've ever met in my life. And he basically changed my life. And, you know, as a 14-year-old, you actually do a lot of stupid things. You get yourself into troubles and... Um. Uh, even though I was a good kid, but I had a lot of issues. Like for example, um, when especially when you go to church, and there is like all these old older ladies who would give their snarky remarks about you. There's something about youngsters that they would absolutely not like. I have no idea why. Even until now, so there were of course people talking about me and things like that, and I too played the role because I was a bit naughty and stuff. So my godfather. One time he was so upset with me, which he rarely gets upset. He usually gets angry, but getting upset and disappointed, it's a different kind of different kind of feeling, you know. And so he was like, he just said this, I don't know if I should call you stupid, but you're absolutely a special kind of stupid, like a stupidity which I can't comprehend. And I was like, wow, that, that was too extreme. You don't have to go there. Like being called stupid is one thing, but being called a special type of stupid, that's a different thing. And I was, I was not really sensitive when I was 14, but that kind of stayed in me until now. So well, it, well,
2: well yeah. he did say, he did say it's a special kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
3: In a negative way, like, like you know the stupidity which you can't comprehend. Like, how on earth would you able to do something like this? So yeah.
2: Oh, I've had that called so many times. I just take it on as a challenge. Um, I twice in primary school. In primary school, I was really, I was really very very mischievous in primary school. My standard five teacher, she this is in class uh, like mm-hmm. forty five kids. She pointed out that to me and said, "You were." I don't know whether she told me in or in English but she basically said you're gonna you're not gonna amount to anything in life <sighs> seriously and then it, standard six another teacher he said the same thing to me you are you are hopeless lah. <laughs> oh. no I, I took it on as a challenge I am successful I am I'm happy with what I have accomplished in life and I took on those comments as a challenge so I didn't let it get me down. So sometimes it's a like like I'm sure that even though what the priest the co- priest's comment was quite snarky, but um, you would have taken it on as a challenge. And if you just reflect on where you were as a teenage girl and where you are now as an adult and as a professional, then you can see that growth that happened. And it could very well likely have been spurred on by that comment. You
3: never know, right? That's true as well. Yes, yeah. I mean, because my the priest was also like my godfather and he really cared about me. Of course, that was just one of the many times. But I mean, all, he still cares and stuff, but you know, it just hits me. But for your case, oh my goodness, it's your teacher. It's good that you took, off, you took it off as a challenge and things like that. But imagine other kids that would not be able to have that same strength as you have, that same mindset. It would definitely break them.
2: I think back then as kids, we just didn't didn't care la. it's like ah see what you want to say la. I'm gonna have me my fun and <laughs> yeah o- perhaps yeah and then you're old you're, you're gonna leave soon <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah I mean if if because I'm an educator myself I, I teach English part-time and stuff so if I were to say it to my kids oh goodness their self-esteem will be shattered can't imagine <laughs> all what? right so
2: who's turn so, yeah, shall is it now? On? Whose turn is it now? Is it your turn?
3: Yeah, I have to ask you a question. Okay, cool. Okay, oh, this sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> Hope we don't get into trouble for this. <laughs> what illegal thing have you done and gotten away with?
2: Well, um, there's only one thing I can remember. Lah. Um, since you're Catholic, you can identify with this. Uh, after first confession, I went to a nearby sundry shop and I wanted to pay for a pack of sweets. I stood at the counter The uncle was there Busy with so many people there I wanted to pay But since he was busy I thought Eh Never mind <laughs> He walked out <laughs> With the sweets And I didn't pay First confession okay. ah.
3: <laughs> Yeah It's a sign to go for confession now <laughs> yeah. But okay la, it's, that, that doesn't sound so bad
2: Yeah it's, that That's well, basically it A
3: Packet of sweets huh? Okay la. Still <laughs> fine Alright
2: Okay My turn what is something you hope your parents would apologize for?
3: Years and generations of trauma. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> I would actually hope to apologize for not thinking further about the kids they had. So, um, like, of course, uh, there was so many conflicts and um, drama that happens in the family, um, both sides of the family, and I have, like, four absolutely amazing older sisters so my older sisters took the responsibility and actually cared for me since i was the youngest and our age gap was super huge like my elders were 17 17 years apart from me and my fault was like 10 years apart so basically they were my mom's like i had four four mothers at home and even though my mom had to you know go to work care for us and stuff i really hope that she could actually apologize for not making decisions and cutting off certain people in our lives just for her sake of her kids so yeah
2: Wow, that's a heavy one.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
2: So, what question do you have for okay. me?
3: Okay. So, um, what's the worst thing you've done to get money?
2: I'm very risk averse. So, I haven't done many, I haven't done any bad thing, in fact. Sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs>
3: No, it's really interesting to know. All right, let me to change the question instead.
2: Nah, it's okay. I'm okay with this question. It's an easy one. Unless All you right. want to, uh, unless you want to ask me a fifth.
3: Let me ask it. Make it more spicier. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Throughout your life, who have you compared yourself to most?
2: Well, it has changed. As a um, child and as a teenager, it would be my father. As a young adult, it would be um, some historical figure. Hmm. Or perhaps, a, you know, a popular pop artist. And now, as, a, as an adult, it would be the people in my circle of influence. It could be my my boss or my wife. Those would be the people that influence me.
3: Wow, that's nice. I have very close role models to you. <laughs> I get that and yeah. all. Okay, interesting
2: what's the biggest lie you told that has spiraled out of control
3: okay oh wow the biggest lie i've told um i mean i tell white lies but to have a big lie oh goodness okay just give me a while to think about this <laughs> mm, okay i would say it's a positive lie since um you know how law of assumption works where you assume what you are and then you attract what you are. That oh, kind of thing. Okay. So, whenever someone asks me about my life, I paint this very productive lifestyle. And it's not like it's a lie. Um, I actually do it, but I can't maintain the consistency of it. So, like, now I'm on Tinder. And then, like, guys ask me, like, oh, what do you do for fun? I'm like, oh, I do Pilates. <laughs> I work out every morning, which is half true. I do work out every morning. I do Pilates. I paint this very productive lifestyle of mine. And eventually, I leave that lie. And now, even in my office, my colleagues ask me like, oh, what do you do early morning? And I'll just lie to them and say, oh yeah, I woke up at 5am today uh, and I worked out. And it might not be that day which I worked out. It could be like, you know, like last week and things like that. And so, now in my office, they have this different mindset of me being a very productive person, a very disciplined person, when in fact, I'm still trying to get there and isn't there yet.
2: Girl, you got to change your evil ways.
3: <laughs> but that really helps, you know, actually, because I can't really, I'm a person where I can't really maintain a life so hard to be honest. Now with this lie, it actually motivates me to live that lifestyle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So last question. All right. This is going to be slightly heavy. Share about the last time you cried, when and why?
2: Last time I cried, when and why? That's easy. The last time I cried was when uh, the when my vet gave me the result of the x-rays for my current dog, Zina. She's seven. She has arthritis. On top of that, she has got, a, what do you call it, um, skin problem, autoimmune problem. And she's also very, very sensitive. Her skin is very sensitive. So to find out that she has arthritis, which may require surgery in the hind legs. And all of this is happening while my wife is also going through her recovery phase. So that was very heavy on me. And that was the most recent. Yeah, but good news is... uh. Um, Zina is well on her way to recovery The vet that I got Thank God the vet is, is very good She's very good We've got the skin condition under control We've got the autoimmune under control And um, we're working on We we reduced the weight Because previously we were giving her um, steroids And it really ballooned her So she's on a special diet And she's lost weight And we're getting her ready for surgery In a few months time
3: Wow, oh, so everything is pretty much stable for now.
2: For now, yes. But it's, uh, we're taking it day to day. Like. Every day I have to feed her, uh, walk her, make sure I observe, keep an eye on her. You know, make sure she's all right.
3: The commitment and dedication there.
2: Uh-huh. What to do, my dog now.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you do everything for your dog. They're like your kids. <laughs> yeah. How many dogs do you have? Well,
2: I what had I had uh, two, Benji, and... Uh, Towards the end of his life, I got Zina. These are all um, these are regular uh, mongrels, um, but they look very similar. And um, Zena came uh, one year before Benji died, so zina has been with us for seven years since then.
3: Wow! I have like I have like more than five dogs. Wow! My mom helps me take care of them. So one left. Um, I don't know how to deal with the death of the rest. You know, it's gonna be because they were all puppies, they were all siblings. Yeah. And it happens during the MCO and all. So like hearing your story of Paul Benji and then me going through the death of my dog as well. And the next four are gonna probably leave me around the same time, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah. It's not it's never easy. It's never easy.
3: Yeah, one is already tough. Imagine four. Oh.
2: <laughs> well, take it as it comes, lah.
3: Yes, it's life. Alright.
2: So Susan, we're done with five questions.
3: Yeah, Jason, wow. <laughs> five questions, it went so fast. Yeah, yeah. So many things.
1: Okay, great. So, this is the part where... So, I have to ask Susan, how did
3: it feel? Felt so personal. <laughs> I felt like boundaries are broken. Oh, yeah? I felt like my space is being invaded, But it's really fun. It's fun because that there are things where I could actually let out. Yeah. Secrets that are quite heavy. Yeah. So it was, very, it was a refreshing session. So you
1: used the word heavy, so does it feel like your weight has been lifted?
3: Yes, yes.
1: Okay, yes. so so these are things that you have not... Well, okay. So because we made you pull the questions out randomly and we don't know what they are. Yeah. Were there things that you would really have kept secret your entire life, you think?
3: Well, I always believe that secrets somehow will come up one way or another. Right. So I kind of prepared myself mentally for it to come out. I just didn't... I mean... Eventually it will come out. la like, mm. Perhaps I tell it, yeah, accidentally, you know, drunk and then suddenly tell it off. <laughs> or maybe someone will snitch on me. So mm. yeah. Okay.
1: So the big question is, do you want to meet? Do you want to see each other face to face?
3: I think that will be really fun.
1: Yeah. On the other side, Jason?
0: So yeah, Jason, uh, would you want to meet Susan? You don't have to. Like, there's no pressure. No,
2: no, no. I said, all oh, right, as in, as in it's a good thing. It's a good thing.
0: Okay. And how did you feel with that conversation with someone you'd never met before and not seeing them even?
2: Well, um, yes, I do feel, I won't say weight lift lifted off my shoulders. I just feel that uh, it's good to be able to sp- be candid and speak about one's emotions um, openly. Um, it shows that like in the case of Susan is that she's comfortable and confident in um uh, recognizing her emotions and understanding situations and and she's able to contextualize and verbalize it well so that's good that's healthy so, and you
0: what about you you just uh, said a lot of wonderful things about Susan but what about you
2: i talk to myself a lot so
0: are you a good <laughs> listener to yourself um I tried to be. Okay, so uh, we have to make sure this meeting happens then between Jason and Susan.
2: Righto.
1: That was pretty remarkable. So that was couple number two in our social experiment. I'm surprised that they actually decided that they wanted to, to see each other. Um, yeah, but, yeah. you
0: know, a success in both conversations so far, yesterday's and today's, oh, yeah, uh, the definitely. conversation was very therapeutic for both couples.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we have another couple tomorrow. We've put them together. If you've only just joined us, you want to make sure that you're tuned in for that tomorrow at 8 o'clock. We put them together. Well, kind of. We separate them in two different studios. They can't see each other, but they can hear each other. And we throw in a bunch of random questions to see if they will open up. It's a little experiment. Vulnerable you in the dark.